Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I am your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. Hello, welcome back to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. Uh, Today, I have Sonia Sparks of Sparks Gallery on with us, which I'm super excited about because we've got an event coming up here in October um, where we get to meet a local artist, Stephanie Beals. And, um, but yeah, I wanted, wanted to share with everybody here in San Diego and not just in San Diego, but everywhere, um, that we have access to this beautiful gallery. And if you are here in Southern California, definitely check it out. So welcome, Sonia. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Of course. I am going to set our space, just anchoring us in, centering us in by lighting a candle, connecting with that fire element of creativity, connection, communication, and just being present with you. And I have crystal cards with me today. So I'm pulling from the Radiant Crystal card deck from Bouchette Design. And um, let's just see what we've got. I'm gonna mix them up. Moldavite. Oh my goodness. Are you familiar with Moldavite? I am not. No. So it is a, it's a crystal that basically came from space. So people usually have some sort of a reaction when they see it. They say it has a really high vibration and, you know, it's very high energy. Um, It is green. So it's connected to the heart, which is really beautiful. The affirmation is I, my consciousness expands when I'm aware and present. Um, it's about clarity, awareness, and renewal. Um, but yeah, it's like one of those crystals that people have like a huge reaction where they're like crazy in love with it, or they're like, oh, I don't know, like I'm kind of freaked out because it's extraterrestrial and I don't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, um, we we don't show that um, very often, but um, I, so I forget the name, but yeah, there's there's a lot of people who have a reaction to that. Yeah, but there's. Um, meteorites too oh yeah it's a little bit for sure yeah for sure yeah it's really interesting just to see how people kind of people don't want to touch that stuff or they're (laughs) or they're they're totally into it so 
yeah it's too much fun. maybe yeah <laughs> um so sonia um we met a long time ago at some of your openings i love going to your events um i'm so happy that you have created what you've created here in san diego um, i know all of the artists are so grateful to have you here i always begin with home what's home for you what does that mean home uh so home for me is a place where you can be truly yourself have warmth and comfort and balance yourself and mm -hmm. take care of yourself and your family and to hold memories and continue traditions yes you love all of that yeah it's so beautiful and sparks gallery is kind of another home for you as well i'm sure it how is, did you yes. yeah how did you get into the world of art? <laughs> How did all of this happen? Um, well, my background is in international business and I did study art in conjunction at the University of San Diego. Okay. And uh, I, I worked in the corporate world for uh, many years, um, but I began to, began to have some health issues and the physical strain that comes with the cubicle life. Mm. And I sat down to lunch with my mother one day and I expressed that I wanted to change. And she asked me, well, if you could do anything, what would you do? Yeah. And I flippantly at the time just replied, I don't know, maybe start an art gallery. And she said, well, why not? And uh, that was really my aha oh moment my that led me down the path to make it a reality and become a small business owner. Oh my God, and how long ago was that? That was um, over 10 years ago. Amazing. Um, I love hearing stories of just how people become entrepreneurs or like where they come from and then what was that pivotal moment and what amazing gift your mom gave you just by asking that one simple question. Uh, that's huge. Yes. So what was that process like? Um, so uh, having studied art at um, a few different universities locally, uh -huh. I had a lot of connections. I knew a lot of artists. Uh, I received a minor in art, so I had sampled a lot of the different types of art so I know the techniques and the backgrounds mm. um, having just building those community like the connections within the community and knowing the artists personally that were really um, in the community and the educators who were teaching and hearing those struggles for the local mm. uh, educators not having like a space or places to really showcase their work um, so that was really the drive for me was to find um, an outlet for the local community to easily engage with all of these really talented people who were not being seen, who um, would have their degree in art and then just be launched into the world and then mm. they weren't sure what to do with their work at that point. They, they really had to struggle to find local representation, local uh, exhibition space. So um, there's so many things that people can do to show art uh, people get really creative with where yeah. they show art they do in their garages and they, they work together in collectives and they have proposals that they send around so um, having another place that was community oriented that was mm. um, a bit more refined and just purposeful this is a space uh, particularly for local artists yeah and you're here in san diego have you always been in san diego Yes, uh, I was not born in San Diego, but I moved here when I was four. So I oh, am me too. almost a native. And uh, my husband as well moved when he was very young here. So 
we almost feel like we're true natives, although uh, true yeah. natives would not <laughs> no. say that. Um, but uh, my grandparents lived here, my mother lived here, so we're, you know, pretty solidly San Diego based. We yeah. know the community really well. We grew up in local community schools. We just really know the city really well. Yeah, absolutely. I came here when I was four as well. And my husband was born here. So it's, he's always like, well, you're not really. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I grew up here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The true so <laughs> native yeah. born San Diegans. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, amazing. And what made you really want to spotlight local artists? Like what was that that thing for you? And, and where did that heart come from? Yeah. So it was really that lack of the, you know, presence for local mm. artists here because there are not that many spaces. We're not yeah. a gigantic city. Uh, we're not well known as an art city. And in the early 2000s, um, there really was nothing. nothing. And now even after the pandemic, I mean, I mean, there's, you know, there's yeah. a sprinkling of them. And now there was more and then pan- post pandemic, again, just a sprinkling. So um, we are we're really in tune with each other as galleries here in the local region because we're all doing something a little bit different, but mm-hmm. we support each other because we know how difficult it is to maintain yeah. that storefront and that presence. Absolutely. So can you share a little bit about the building that you're in, your location? Because um, it's a really beautiful building and I know you built it out and transformed it completely and I'd love to and as designers I'm sure we would love to hear the story of how the building came to be because it's a pretty cool one yeah so the building is on 6th Avenue in between Island and Market Streets downtown San Diego in the gas lamp quarter on the edge of the gas lamp before East Village on the opposite side of our street I'm there right now and uh, the building is a historic building designated uh, as a contributing historic landmark within the Gaslam Quarter when they designated it in the mm. 1980s. And they were really cleaning up the city at the time, seeing a lot of development that they didn't want happening. And they said, let's designate this particular area as historic because we don't want things to get too new down here. We want right, to preserve right. that old, like really historic, beautiful architecture that people were just kind of like neglecting and tearing down at that time. So there was a big initiative to clean up and preserve those buildings and designate them historic so that you would have to go through a process to Got it. Um, adjust anything with the building, with the city, the historical board with the city. So when we restored the building, we were aware of all this because we were from you know, San Diego. We yeah. saw different, like our generations have seen different versions of downtown um, ebb and flow in terms of like safety and affluence in different parts of the neighborhood mm-hmm. and um, building structures and things like that. Um, so it, it wasn't uh, all that great when we came down here, when we started looking at the buildings. Um, so the, the building itself was in disrepair. Okay. And um, it had been many, many things before that. Most recently a law firm uh, and I think it was interesting. We were redoing the floors and uh-huh. we saw these real geometric designs, like very typical of the 80s where there's these angular. Oh, how funny. Uh, like balconies were so <laughs> um, like crystal shapes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was really interesting to see that. And they, they were really interested in um, this raw texture. They exposed the red brick walls by sandblasting all of the plaster off of them in the 80s to get that mm. like, textural feel. Um, so we did leave it that way because it was just so much 
yeah, brick that we didn't really want to recover <laughs> it up. I mean, people really love the brick. Yeah, they do. Um, but it was it was hard on the brick, so we meticulously um, restored all of the uh, re, re, repointed all the mortar joints and oh all of the gosh. bricks. Um, uh, our contractor, who is my brother. Yeah. Uh, repointed them all by hand, and it took him three months to go through the whole space oh, and repoint them uh, with a, a stronger grout material. So, um, yeah, I'm just refreshing my memory of the yeah, space by like, looking around. But um, there's so many things within the space that tell the story. Like, there's um, a doorway that used to be near uh, one side that they covered up in brick, and the unique characteristics of the building are uh, that they share outer the outer walls of the exterior buildings are actually our in interior walls. So they just, oh wow, there's two buildings and they just stuck a roof in between the two buildings. And that's our building that's basically. That's amazing. Yeah. So we <laughs> co-own half the wall of basically. Of the there's two other buildings next to us. Yeah. And then what about the loft space? Did you build that as well? Or was that some of it existing or how did yeah. that come to be? So we worked with um, Hannah Gabriel Wells Architecture to design the concept for the space. Um, and then we had all the various traits do um, updates to the space based on um, primarily seismic retrofitting. Okay. And um, so we have a lot of steel beams here that have particular crush points for in the event of an earthquake. Wow. So we actually had a, uh, a seismic shear wall on the back of the patio that um, we decided we wanted to put it externally to keep that interior really sort of homogenous and not have this giant concrete wall on the inside of the building. Mm. So we put the concrete wall on the exterior and then we decided to um, embellish it with a mural uh, by a local artist. So it served kind of as a decorative focal yeah. point that's also very uh, purposeful, has a sheer line carved in it so that in an wow. earthquake that it's like a backbone that holds up the space. So really kind of thinking about these elements of how do we keep this historic space beautiful while still uh, making this a safe space in terms of what the city wants. And um, we also had some unique designs for our fire and electrical rooms. We pulled those elements inside the building and then okay. um, encased them in sort of small little uh, rooms. So uh, traditionally we, the, vintage style wouldn't have that and you would have to put these giant pipes on the outside okay. um, of the building on the, the sidewalk so we decided to pull them inside the building encase them and have it be an ex like an additional sort of little room to put something on to, like decorate oh, cool. whatever we wanted to do amazing and with all that brick how are you able to hang all the art i'm just curious about the logistics of all that is that something that you had to really think about or what does that entail it was um yeah and my husband is a mechanical engineer so um we didn't really struggle with the, you know the design elements uh -huh. that had a lot of but we did have to think about um exactly how we were going to do things and even today when we're doing installations in the space we do have to get really creative with ways to attach yeah. things to the building because um it is brick and steel for the most part uh, so we have a track system that we just installed on the ceiling joists okay. and we just will hook a hook on and then the, the pieces would hang on the brick areas. And we designed a set of uh, hanging, free hanging walls for the lower level. Wow. 
Well, that, that's nice that your husband is in that that realm to kind of be the, <laughs> the head on because I can't imagine. I'm sure yeah. that would be like something huge hurdle for somebody to try to undertake. It, it's definitely, it takes a, a specific mind to come up with solutions for a building that uh, doesn't just have white walls in it. Yeah, yeah. And when um, our group comes and, and takes a look at the gallery, I would love to just share, you know, they'll be listening to this and then for them to just take a look at this because this is stuff that you know we come across as designers and we're working with older homes or buildings um, and trying to come up with these solutions and I think a lot of that too is just knowing your resources and who you can rely on and count on and it sounds like you have a really tight um, group of people that are in the know Mm -hmm. so yeah and definitely and we also know local installers who Mm -hmm. are really good at that um, as well if we're sending art to a collector's home and they have Got it. kind of a situation where they're not sure they wouldn't want to do it themselves, we, right. we do refer people to installers who can do that if it's not something that we ourselves would have the ability yeah. to go to. Got it. Amazing. How many exhibits or um, shows are you doing in a year and how do you select who's going to be featured? So in terms of how many artists we have, uh, Per year, um, we will select a group of artists a couple of years in advance, and then we will um, work with them to uh, create the vision that they want for the solo show. Um, okay. And I think it's usually about um, probably like five uh, artists at this point. Okay. Um, although I am, I'm thinking of restructuring um, how many we're doing because it is very back-to-back Um, And I want to really focus uh, a little bit more deeply on some of the artists Mm -hmm. and those selection. Um, And we've we've shown for quite some time. So uh, we celebrated our eight-year anniversary recently. Oh my gosh! Congrats! It's been a lot of time. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So we've had uh, quite a a few artists um, in our solo exhibitions, and we've actually worked with over 400 local artists throughout uh, group shows and exhibitions and guest exhibitions and things like that over the past a huge accomplishment. Years. Oh, wow. I didn't realize how many artists you were really connected with and showcasing. That's really incredible. Yeah, th- these are all professional artists and there are so many other artists out there who are working and just getting prepared uh, for presenting their work mm-hmm. in spaces um, like ours. So. Um, artists are graduating from programs all the time. So we're, we're seeing just so many artists move through that we wish we could show more of, um, yeah. but we, we've d- shown over 400 at this point. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so how are you selecting the artists? Are you seeking them? Are they coming to you at this point? What's that process like? Yeah, so uh, I'm always looking through um, the community to, I guess, discover artists, uh, yeah. for lack of a better word. There are a lot of artists who will uh, propose work to us, and then okay. um, occasionally I'll be able to glance through and see that this is a, a new artist mm-hmm. that I may want to meet with. But for the most part, we are not accepting new artists uh, right now. Yeah. So um, I do have a program where I have a portfolio review that I set up with artists so that I can give them kind of a, a real rundown on their foundation work, what they need to mm. prepare for to, if they weren't working with me, right, uh, which is typical at this point, to uh, facilitate their artistic practice, um, their, their careers, and get them into other spaces, mm. potentially. Um, 
So kind of just preparing them. So I have different right. stages that I'll go through with each person. So if they aren't really sure about their artist statement, then um, I set a follow-up appointment with them and then I can work with them to work on their artist statement and prepare Amazing. them for uh, other exhibitions. And is that something that you charge as like a consulting fee or how to, what does that look like? Yes, that is something that I charge for. Uh, it's a meeting one-on-one -on -one with the artist in their studio or in the gallery. Wow. And then I go over all of their platform, their foundations through the platforms yeah. that they have set up. I'm getting really great feedback from that. Uh, I don't really know anyone who's doing that right now. No, I haven't heard locally. of it. So yeah, everyone's been really um, happy to, to get that dialogue, that feedback from uh, someone who's working locally in the community. And I, so I also have the curatorial consultations that I do with uh, clients on the other hand. So artists, I will have a consultation, paid consultation with them. And then I can also go into the home of the collector and then do a curatorial consultation to uh, look at their space and either digitally curate what they're working on or just kind of verbally uh, work on it with them and see um, where they feel like they need um, work on with to fill yeah. in gaps or just to visually arrange their work. Wow, that's amazing. And how did this come about? Is this something that you saw a need in the, the market space or just for artists like needing guidance? Yes, there's definitely a need for artists uh, as when I was an artist, it, you know, when I was younger studying, this service was not available. So it's a personal uh, passion project for me yeah. to just give that service to other artists. When did this come about? I'm sorry, I, I had no idea that you were doing this. I think it's so wonderful and I, I just love everything about it. Yeah, it's fairly new, um, but I've been doing it already. And I just, um, I really wanted to carve out time and sit down mm -hmm. with people because people would come and say, oh, what, what should I do? Yeah. And I would uh, give them some tips, but now I can sit down and really do one-on-ones yeah. with each person. Oh, very cool. And are you accepting um, artists for that service or are you pretty booked? Yes, I am. We could uh, provide the link for the show notes yeah, if you'd like. Um, I can also, find it on um, our website, uh, sparksgallery.com. Cool. And uh, you can also email me directly, uh, Sonia, S-O-N-Y-A, at sparksgallery.com. The, the point that uh, of providing the service and everything yeah. is really because we wanted to become a nexus for these creative conversations in the local community. We also are an event venue. We offer art mm -hmm. workshops, seminars, uh, we're we do private events and artist talks. So that was really part of my mission statement was to create this community, this openness, um, this easy uh, way to come in and get really what you're looking for. So there's not any kind of gatekeeping or mm -hmm. you know filtering questions. It's yeah. really just come and join us when you are this community here. We want to share this information with artists. We want to have this dialogue that's very easy for yeah. collectors to come in and just know who the artists are and what they're doing and learn about them, take a little piece of their life experience with them when they purchase a work so they get this yeah. um, real deep involvement with uh, the artist and the art. It becomes more of an experience. Absolutely. Yeah, I know people are just dying for experiences and I've just also noticed from my personal clients when they get to meet the artist you know, there's just something that happens that's really magical and, you know, they fall in love and there's story behind the art and meaning and, um, yeah, so that's really, 
really cool. Can you share a bit about maybe Stephanie, um, the artist that we're going to be um, meeting at your gallery and how maybe you guys got connected and how she got selected? And she's also going to, you know, we'll have her on the podcast as well and get her story. But I'd love um, to just learn more about how you guys connected. Yeah, so we are we're looking forward to Stephanie Bale's solo exhibition in October, which runs through the end of this year. And um, her work is a great example of bringing forward what she describes as universal truths and shared mm -hmm. experiences of beauty in the natural world. These um, really amazing sunsets, layered beach scenes, and um, her palette is full of pastels. It's very feminine and airy. Yeah, and when we're talking about, um, just to back up for quit, just a second, yeah. um, when we're talking about design and how we're working with clients, I think it's really interesting. Uh, and when I, when I talk to artists about this, yeah. I think it's really interesting to know what the energy is of the collector and where throughout the day they're going to be moving through spaces in their home. And in, mm -hmm. they may want something different for each space, right? So maybe they wake up and they want to be energized and they want something vibrant and exciting and maybe as they move through different spaces within the home or the office they want something that is a little bit um, soothing they're you know partway through the day they want soothing so um we think about that when we are selecting artists as well for the solo exhibitions mm -hmm. is where within these spaces are they fitting and are we providing um, a big arrangement of these types of energies with these different um, Pieces of artwork. So hers is that more uh, soothing, um, but but vibrant work at the mm -hmm. same time. I've known Stephanie for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, she is amazing. She has yeah, so great. many things she I'm sure will talk to you about. Um, and I see her everywhere. So she's just mm -hmm. always out in the world and doing beautiful things mm -hmm. and um, just really infusing like her energy. Yeah. is uh, another thing that I connect with when I'm selecting work from artists. Mm -hmm. So when I sense the energy of the artist is going to be infused in their work, and I think right. that's a perfect match for my collectors or my clients, that's one of the criteria for me. Amazing. Yeah, I love it. We're, um, I'm in the middle of designing the new space for Bivouac in North Park, and we're going to have Stephanie do a beautiful sort of sunset ombre Um in one of the, the spaces. So yeah, she's definitely yeah, She's very versatile too. Yeah. I cannot yeah. wait for her solo show. I'm so excited. Um, and you <laughs> always send out like, um, you know, the postcard at the beginning of the year where it's kind of like coming into the new year, sharing all the artists, which I think is so cool. Cause then it's like, we get a glimpse of what's to come yes. throughout the year. And when I got to see her name on there, I was just like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, there's so many things to be to look forward to um, as we come into the year and connecting with you and, and the artists that you have to to share. Yeah, if you're watching the video behind yeah. me, um, we have a solo exhibition up right now that's featuring the work of Annalise Neal, mm -hmm. and she creates these gorgeous cyanotypes. I wanted to share this because not everybody yes, knows please. what cyanotype is. Um, so it's when you make a, a template of some sort and then you place it on paper that turns blue in sunlight. So it's kind of like the overhead projector plastic that you print on and yeah. you create a negative. And you just put that on top of the, the paper and you place it in sun and then it has uh, the reverse part. Um, so the part that you've covered is white and then the part that's 
fully exposed to sun is blue. Uh, so then she will paint on top of that work and add local materials, and she even colors the work. It's called toning okay. with locally sourced materials. So she takes like a, these pods that she finds in her backyard, she grinds them up and makes a pigment, and then we'll use that as a wash to create oh these brown tones within her work. So I wanted to share that because there's yes. a lot of craft and skill that goes into uh, certain types of art that uh, we do share when people come in and they want to know about the art as well. But And her deep philosophical inspiration is also infused into her work. So it's not just these kind of pretty shells and plant mm -hmm. life. It's really, she's really thinking about something way deeper, like uh, <laughs> the oh interconnected, gosh. you know, parts of the universe and the human is its own like mini universe with all of these interconnected pieces. And um, yeah, that's, it's really interesting. So to, to cool. Yeah. And so she is her work just throughout the entire space. Is it a solo show? It's on the lower level right now. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm going to have to come in and take a look at it. I haven't been in, in, in a little while, so I definitely need to check it out before it's gone. Yeah. It's, it's stunning. The colors. Um, and so that's another thing too, is like you're showcasing artists that, you know, do stuff in different medium. It's not just paint, right? They have their sculpture Correct. and very cool. Correct. Yeah. And then how are you, what's the process like when you're working with a designer? What does that look like? What do you require? Like, how does all of that work out? Yeah. Um, it's pretty simple. I mean, we we're a showroom, we rotate work often, so everyone's welcome to come in and see, um, we're open to the public. We serve collectors, clients, designers, uh, event coordinators. Yeah, I spoke a bit about my curatorial vision. So mm -hmm. um, it, it does often center around those universal truths, uh, which is why I really connected with Stephanie Bale's work. Yeah. Um, but uh, the shared wonder of the human experience is really what we're celebrating here. We also will um, think about what the clients um, resonating with our target market. We yeah. Are very we're very in touch with that. And then uh, we curate to a few specific categories uh, right now. I have called them uh, vibrancy seekers, dreamers, country home, mm -hmm. mid-century modern inspired, and social commentary. So uh, designers will have a variety of work to select from, from us, which is all publicly accessible. Got it. When um, I select work, I also look for a narrative along with beautiful inspirational design. So there's a depth and quality to the work instead of just, it's a colorful placeholder. Yeah, right? yeah. And so we've worked with like many different sizes of firms. Okay. Um, last year we worked with a large firm, for example, uh, to place two artworks into the Louis Vuitton store in Fashion Valley. Oh, nice. We also facilitate uh, commission work to do like a custom area. So if okay. someone has this giant wall, we can facilitate that with the artist to just create something for that project. And we have a art loan program okay. for designers for photo shoots and staging. Okay, so cool. uh, we, we do pricing based on like the size of the work. So if it's a small work or a large work, it's just a different price for a 24 hour rental. And we secure rights with artists ahead of time for the designers to use their work in photos for promotion or marketing and social. That is amazing. I think that's huge for especially the up and coming designers that are trying to create a portfolio, um, being able to have some beautiful original pieces of art in their work versus, you know, going to a West Elm or whatever and getting something off their, yes. their shelf. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you can really tell the difference. Yeah. 
for sure for sure um and then when somebody let's say a, a designer has a project that they're wanting to source some original art would they just bring in photos and uh, maybe some dimensions and do you guys like superimpose art onto those photos or can they check out art to bring to the client or do you bring art out or is that just or is it photoshop like what is that okay. yeah we're pretty flexible so whatever stage they're at if they have questions about is this going to fit with this look with the tones in the space we could definitely put it into a photoshop a uh, picture of the space and see mm -hmm. if that makes sense before we go create like a, a custom print or something yeah um, we can say okay it's got to be this length because we can see that that would be the right fit uh, for this particular space Got by it. the dimensions we have within that mock-up. Um, but a lot of people just come in and they say, I'd like to <laughs> have this specific type of work. And I go, okay. okay, we have all these options. And which one would you like? Basically, we can nice. deliver and install the artwork on the site okay. if needed. We don't have to, but it's just, yeah. we can't. And we have a, an art loan agreement that covers the details of the loan that we would provide to the designers um, the time that they wanted to rent anything. Got it. And um, we would offer uh, also, a, we do a trade discount for purchases. Okay, amazing. And then can we speak a little bit about etiquette, like with designers so that they know how to work, what not to do? Um, you know, we have so many designers that are new, so I wanna kind of just put out there, like this is how you work with a gallery, this is how you interact with an artist. You know what are those parameters so that they don't kind of step on someone's toes or get in hot water not realize it for me that i'm not really offended by anything at this point <laughs> um we get a lot of people who are just like i want this and it's like well okay we're, we're gonna make that happen for you okay but in terms of etiquette uh i would say one thing um if, if you're asking for renting like a, a number of pieces right so mm -hmm. you pick like 10 pieces or five pieces or whatever and then um, the day before, uh, if you say, oh, we're only going to need one piece, um, that can affect our relationship a little bit with the artist because mm -hmm. on the back end, I know clients may change their mind at the last minute and sometimes that's unavoidable, but um, if it happens over time, like right. there's a bunch of requests and then there's only like one or two taken, uh, we do request a lot of that work from the studios with the artists. So if they are... Um, bringing in a lot of work and then I'm saying, oh, it didn't happen for this mm -hmm. project a few times, then that can erode kind of the confidence of yeah. the artist, um, us with the artist, that relationship yeah. of maybe I shouldn't continue this program anymore, basically. Mm -hmm. And then same thing with yeah. like commissions and sales, like making sure that they're going directly to you um, versus like trying to contact the artist on Instagram or something like that. and you know, get a piece. Yeah, that would be in that way. That would definitely be good etiquette. Yeah. So if you found uh, an artist through a gallery or a particular platform, then um, we always ask that you honor that first initial mm -hmm. point of contact because that does matter. There's multiple galleries that could show the yeah. same person. And um, if you say, well, I first saw you here, uh, then it's really, that's how the galleries make a living and right. um, sustain their businesses too. Um, have that connection, that relationship. So um, there are certain times that artists will um, have an exclusivity period with galleries or spaces mm -hmm. so that um, there's at least a chance that there's not a lot of overlap. And that's what right. exclusivity kind of 
plays in a relationship with a gallery and an artist. Um, but yeah, in terms of referrals, just kind of keep that really open and say, look, I found you through this gallery. I'm messaging you on Instagram. You know, I'd like to kind of know, because if the artist never knew yeah. um, that they were discovered first through the yeah. gallery, then they wouldn't um, you know, continue that relationship. So first point of contact, basically. Cool. Awesome. I love it. So Stephanie's going in through the end of the year. Have you already scheduled what you're doing for next year? Do you have an idea of what's happening coming into this new year? Yes, we do. Um, the dates are not 100% solidified. We tend to align our exhibition openings with uh, a few things. The Padres okay. calendar oh, downtown, right. which <clears throat> makes parking very difficult. Um, and the convention center attendance and um, conferences going on because we will be available for event rentals mm. during those times um, so we want to leave those kind of available for our event renters uh, so there's a lot of planning that goes into it there's wow. also a lot of downtown uh, events like the zombie crawl around Halloween yeah. and things like that so um, we're just kind of we really go through it we try our best and occasionally the Padres mm. will flip a, an extra day in there and but spot hero has been really good for us uh, we also encourage people to use the free ride everywhere downtown which is okay. kind of like a pro, pro tip for um going back and forth between little italy and downtown san diego if you're visiting or you're, you're local you may not know about that it's through the circuit app okay i did not know download the circuit and then you can select the free ride everywhere downtown it's called the fred there are these oh, kind right. of little okay. open cars that you drive around in it's got Fred on the sides, um, but it will take you up to Little Italy and downtown as well. So we recommend that to um, people who are visiting and they don't want to get a bunch of Ubers, yeah, things like that. Um, so you could park farther away and then just kind of do those free rides around downtown. Yeah, amazing. Uh, well, is there anything else that we should yeah. know about Sparks Gallery and what you're doing? And yeah, um, so I just encourage everybody to come into the gallery in person to see the work mm -hmm. because. Um, it's so much different than online. We do our best, um, but the, all the available pieces that we have are on our website, Okay, um, which is unusual for galleries to do, but uh, I wanted to make sure this was a priority for us so mm -hmm. people anywhere can access the work. So if you, um, you know, are not local, if you're right. like more than an hour away, you can still check in and not have a problem, but you could send clients there knowing generally what the work mm -hmm. is gonna look like. And we take a lot of time to make sure that our color balancing is really optimal Got to it. make it very similar to what's in real life. Right. And then na designers na that are nationwide, uh, yes. anywhere in the US. So they'll also find us on First Dibs and Cherish. Oh, and nice. okay. they would receive their tr trade discount through there as well. Um, and so if you're not local, I encourage um, you to potentially use first dibs and cherish because their shipping is uh, it's negotiated bulk discount shipping for UPS um, and it, shipping individually with our shippers will cost more than that pre-negotiated rate um, so that's kind of another tip for if you're not local to check us out on first tips and cherish nice do you do a lot of work with designers that are not here in San Diego uh, yeah we do so they'll find us on those platforms and then we'll work with them um, so to cool. just make sure that they get what they need for their client. That's amazing. I had no idea. What an awesome tip. I love it. Yeah, we have a lot of designers in our membership that are not here locally, um, but, you know, want to have access to beautiful work. So that's very cool. Yeah. I love it. 
on um, like Cherish or First Dibs can't, is there a way to just look at like what you have to offer? Like, is there a, a tab I'm or a link? I'm not sure that you can do that on First Dibs. Okay. Um, but if you are on our website, you can look for the artist's name that we carry. Our represented artists are exclusively represented in Southern California. So we have, uh, I believe, five at this point. They're mm -hmm. at the top of our artist page. So you could just Google their name really quick. Okay. And, um, I'm sure we would come up. Yeah. Um, and then Cherish. I think there might be a way to find a specific gallery. But again, the search for that represented artist would really just take you there quickly. Yeah. Amazing. Sweet. Um, and I know you have little ones, you've got the gallery. How do you stay grounded? How do you stay centered? What does that practice look like for you? Yes, um, I think a lot of us were in survival mindset during the pandemic. Yeah. And for me, I, I'm sort of speaking generally, but um, we feel maybe like we want to make up for lost time now. Mm. And personally, I need to slow down mm -hmm. and remember it's not necessarily lost time. It's just that I need to take care of myself both physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the best grounding and centering activities that I can do to fuel my personal and professional goals. Mm -hmm. um, everything's interconnected. So if one thing is off, then I feel it elsewhere. Um, I'm sure that's speaking to yeah. others that feel no, the same I'm right way. there with you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and a lot of people, I think innately sense that art is a tool for self-care. So whether they're conscious of it or not, Right. Um, so if, when you're thinking, I need something for this space, mm. um, I believe it's because your mind is actually craving that energy that comes from having that art in that space. Oh, so, so smart. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, I'm always looking at art, appreciating what it can do for the mind and um, just really mentally trying to slow myself down and say, I'm not trying to catch up. I'm um, mm. trying to be in the present moment and really just absorb, have those experiences more and uh, absorb the art and the beauty and the purpose of the art. Yeah, that's, um, you're speaking right at me. I'm like, I felt like this week, especially yesterday was just so chaotic and just like on the go and run, run, run. And they're just like mistakes were happening or things were slipping through the cracks. And it's just like, oh my goodness, it's because I, there's no pause, right? It's yes. just like, yeah. And I think you're so right yeah. about the selection of the art too, like being in a space and you know it as a designer innately, people know it too, just human nature that when something is missing, they are craving that feeling of what whatever is missing can can give to them. If it's that grounding yes. notion or <laughs> calmness or even like you said before, like being invigorated and wanting to, to feel alive and to wake up. Um, there's just so many things that art does and you're so right about it being a self-care tool um, for our mental health like having original art in our spaces that vibrate at a certain vibration because of the artist's intention and who they are and um, the symbolism that goes in it I mean our subconscious that's how it communicates right it communicates with these symbols um, whether or not we know it and the color and everything else absolutely well, I can't wait for all of us to experience the building, Stephanie's art, get to know you more. Um, how can people find you? How can we follow you? How can we be in the know of all the openings and events that you host? Yeah, so online at sparksgallery.com and our used letter sign up is at the very bottom of the page. Okay. You can also email me anytime and cool. um, I can 
if you can't find the links or anything, um, Sonia at sparksgallery.com, S-O-N-Y-A. And uh, we're also on Instagram at Sparks Gallery, no space in between, and Facebook. Just search for Sparks Gallery on Facebook and we're there. Easy. And we do have um, a YouTube channel. We put some videos out occasionally for uh, walkthroughs of the space. Oh, cool. And uh, artist conversations. Amazing. And Sonia is one of our members at Design Coven, so you also have access um, to Sonia there if you need anything. Um, and like I said, we'll, yes. we'll be coming and visiting and um, all the things. Amazing. Thank you, Sonia, so much for spending time. I know you're busy and there's so many things happening, um, but really appreciate you sharing um, you know, what you're doing. And I had no idea about all the support you're doing for artists. I think that's insane and wonderful and beautiful. Thank you so much, Rachel. I, I also right. want to say I appreciate what you're doing uh, to create such a rich community of resources for the uh, interior design community. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. If it's one that you have been enjoying, please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry, and lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon.